If you have your Bible with you, we're going to be reading four verses of Scripture. Luckily, they're all found in the book of Timothy. First Scripture is 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. The second scripture is Second Timothy chapter four verse seven, and then we're going to go to chapter two verse three of Second Timothy, and then the last scripture is Second Timothy chapter two, verse four. How do we go? There's a lot of Timothys there. Praise God! Praise God! I'm going to preach something a little different tonight. Um may seem a little different to what I usually preach, but I want to preach what the Lord wants me to preach and not what I want to preach. Many wars have been fought throughout the years. Many good men and women from around the world have died in battle fighting for what they believe in. Not willing to step aside and raise the white flag and surrender, but were willing to stand and fight the enemy and to give their life for the cause of their nation. Some fought for freedom and others went to war because they had to. Many Australians lost their lives fighting to protect this great country of ours and what they believed in. In 1942, February 19th, Darwin was attacked by two separate Japanese air raids. This was known as the largest single attack that was ever mounted by foreign power on Australian soil. 242 Japanese aircrafts, which consisted of dive bombers, torpedo bombers, descended on Darwin's port and harbour, destroying many of the naval ships that were stationed there. The airfields were badly damaged in these attacks, and this stopped the Australian Air Force, which was based in Darwin from launching their own fighter planes to fight back. The unexpected air raids by the Japanese caused much chaos in Darwin, with most essential services, including water and electricity, being badly damaged or even destroyed in this unexpected attack. Fears of an imminent Japanese invasion spread quickly and some of the town's civilians fled inland in fear of their own lives. Many good people lost their lives that day. Darwin was a place that Australia based one of its major military bases because it protected the top of Australia from invasion. Yet, they were still taken by surprise. Many of those that were stationed in Darwin were soldiers and they were trained to defend their country. Yet, they were still taken by Surprise, because the air raid alerts were not sounded until just before the first wave of Japanese aircrafts appeared over Darwin. Headquarters in Darwin had failed to take heed to the warning that came from a Catholic missionary that was stationed on Bathurst Island and a naval coast watcher which was stationed on Melville Island. And because of this, the military headquarters had disregarded the early warning of the impending attack. It was too late for Darwin to do anything about it. Lord Jesus, we praise you, we appreciate you. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. 
And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you speak to us through your word, O oh God, and that you warn us, O oh Lord, of judgment that is to come, Lord Jesus. And I just pray, O oh Lord, anoint, O oh Lord, my, Lord, my lips to, to deliver this message as you would have me to deliver it, Lord God, I pray. And everybody said, Amen. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 12 reads, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. I have fought a good fight, Paul said. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Though, for, though therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I want to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. Jesus has chosen you to be a soldier. So with that thought in mind, I want to preach from this thought. It's not over until it's over. The word soldier is mentioned 19 times in the New Testament, 6 times in the book of John and 13 times in the book of Acts. According to the Thorndike Barnhart World Book Dictionary, the soldier means this. A person who serves in the army, the trade of a soldier is war. A man having skill or experience in war, a fighter, a service man, a service woman. Ladies ain't mixed out, but they are called to be soldiers in the army of God also. A warrior or a trooper, a soldier is someone who fights for their country and what they believe in, no matter what comes or what happens to them, even if it means death. To be a soldier means that there is much discipline and much training required to be a successful soldier. Training is critical. You cannot bypass the training. A soldier needs to be physically fit and to be confident to be able to be taught the fundamental skills that are required to function in the armed forces. Such things as hand-to-hand -hand combat, being able to defend themselves. A soldier needs to be able to make good decisions quickly. Not bad decisions, but good decisions. A soldier needs to know how to use his weapons correctly. A soldier needs to know how to survive while he's on the battlefield. A soldier needs to know how to stay alive, regardless of his environment. A soldier needs to know how to work as a team and to look out for his comrades that might be in danger from being ambushed by the enemy. In the physical sense, a soldier needs to know how to survive the battle by what he has been taught through his intense training and must be able to adapt and respond to whatever environment he may find himself in. You may be saying, why? Because his life depends upon it. They don't go to war to come back dead, but they go to war to come back alive, to come back and see their family. God has given us everything in the Word of God that we may be victorious and that we can live forevermore to be with Him, that we can be a conqueror with Him. 
Our training as a Christian, so to speak, is on the job training. Jesus is our teacher. The Word of God gives us His instructions on how to fight the good fight of faith and how to be saved and how to stay saved while we are fighting this battle for our life. It's something that needs to be taken seriously because your soul depends upon it. Jesus is our general and He alone will give you the early warning and the commands that are needed to be victorious in every battle that you may face. Or you disregard the early warning just like those did in Darwin that day and suffer a great loss. I want to take heed to what the Word of God tells me. I don't want to be standing on that wrong side of the battlefield and be shot. But I want to know where God wants me to be at one particular time. Because He's in charge. Only one can be in charge. Not many. He's not the author of confusion. The devil wants to destroy you. He's not interested in signing a peace treaty with you. He's not interested in taking prisoners of war. He's not interested in negotiating a deal with you. But He wants your soul. And He wants mine. And He will do whatever He has to do to obtain it. The devil wants to destroy your faith. He wants to bring disunity into your family. He wants to destroy your hope in Christ. And ultimately, He wants you to quit and to give up on God. He doesn't want any of us to make it to glory. He doesn't want you to have victory in your life. He doesn't want anyone to surrender their life to Christ. Because a surrendered child of God is a powerful child of God. He's not interested in your hardships or what's happening in your life right now. The devil just wants to destroy you and he will use his subtle ways to defeat you. He wants to separate you from the flock. I got a word of encouragement for someone who is here tonight that is willing to take heed to the early warning that has come. It's not over until it's over. It's not time to give up. Neither is the time to throw in the towel and say, that's it, it's over. I can't do it anymore. This is exactly what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to quit so he can have your soul in hell with him. We can't expect to play with fire and not be burnt. But we must resist the devil. And only then will he flee from you. God has chosen you to be a soldier in His army. He has faith in you. He believes in you. The Scripture says that we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. We are more than victorious through Him that has the power that's given you power to tread upon serpents. God has chosen you to be a soldier in His army. And we must fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. Because this is what we are all fighting for, the same thing. We want 
our, our treasure in heaven. We want that crown of righteousness. We desire to walk those streets of gold, Brother Frost. We desire to see Him face to face. Micah, who was a prophet to Judah, when he was faced with opposition from those of Israel that preferred to keep the statutes of Omri and Ahab, both of these kings were not good kings, but did much evil in their time of reign. Just imagine how Micah the prophet felt as he mourned for a people that would not surrender themselves to God and neither would they hearken to his word that he cried out in his distress concerning their sinful and rebellious state. In Micah chapter 7 verse 1 it reads this, Woe is me! For I am when they have gathered the summer fruits as the grape gleaning of the vintage. There is no cluster to eat. My soul desireth the first right fruit. The harvest has been picked. The gleaners had followed until there was but one solitary fruit left on the vine. This one had escaped the eye of the gleaner. Yet Micah the prophet wanted the first ripe fruit of the vine, but there was none to be found. Micah felt so alone as he states that all the godly men on the earth had perished. He found himself in a situation where he could not trust no man because man desired to do evil rather than that which was good. Micah didn't let his situation dictate his outcome, but he put his trust in God and not in man, but he put his trust, his hope, his faith in the God of heaven rather than what was happening all around him. Micah 7, 7, 7, 7 says, Therefore I will look unto the Lord, I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. When you pray, church, believe that your God hears you because He does hear you. You don't pray to a dead God or a wooden God, but you pray to a God that has ears that are attentive to your prayers and to the cry of your heart. And he went on to say in verse 8, Rejoice! Rejoice not against me, O my enemy! When I fall, I shall arise! When I sit in darkness, you shall be a light unto me! That's the God that we serve! The battle may be raging in your life right now. And your strength seems like it's fading. And there's no light at the end of the tunnel and you feel like giving up. I've come to tell somebody here, it's not time to give up. Micah the prophet didn't just give up and walk off the battlefield, but he realized that he was in the midst of a battle and that his God was greater and mightier than the enemy that he was facing. Micah stayed in the fight and we are a soldier in God's army and we must fight the good fight of faith. Endure hardness. Paul said to Timothy, as a good soldier... Of Jesus Christ. Paul's last words to Timothy. Paul put it this way in the book of Romans. 
Even if we suffer affliction and tribulation and distresses in this spiritual world that we are in right now, we must always remember that we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Praise God. It's not over, brother. It's not over, sister. There's 15 balls on a pool table. I don't know who's ever played pool in this place. There's, there's uh, seven little balls, seven big balls they call them, and one black ball. But the game is not over until the black ball is sunk. A running race, there may be a hundred contestants running, but that race is not finished until they all cross the line. The battle for your soul will not cease until you go to be with the Lord. Or if we pass away before Him, if we're buried with Him and we await His return, only those that endure to the end shall be saved. The word endure, according to the Webster's Dictionary, means this, to undergo hardship without giving in. To undergo hardship without giving in. To continue in the same state of mind. Remain firm, unmovable, under suffering or misfortune without yielding or giving up. I've come too far to go back. Being a Christian isn't always easy. But the reward is much greater than the present distress that we face. We've got to hold our course. Paul encouraged Timothy to lay hold on eternal life. And this is the very core purpose why I fight this battle with you today. I want to finish this race that I am, that I can say also, I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And Paul goes on to say, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And He will also give you at that day if we hold our course and don't quit. God has called us to be a soldier in His army. We are to fight the good fight of faith. We are to stand strong in the power of His might by putting on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, letting His Spirit, His Word direct us in this battle for our life. In our opening texts that we read, Paul is giving Timothy the charge on how to stay grounded on the Word of God and not to be led away by the deceitfulness of false teachers that would come. Those that have corrupted themselves through the lust of this world and had twisted the Word of God to their own destruction. Hold your church. Hold your course, church. It's not time to grow weary in well-doing. But in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Paul encourages Timothy to stand firm in the grace that he has received and to endure hardness as a good soldier 
of Jesus Christ and to teach others what he has learned from his mentor. Paul encouraged Timothy to preach the word in whatever season he found himself in. We read words like fight the good fight, endure hardness, press toward, rebuke, reprove, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, high-minded, having a form of godliness and denying the power. I don't want to deny the power that the Lord Jesus Christ has put in this earthen vessel. The apostles had to go through many battles in their lives as believers. Fishermen who knew the sea like the back of their hand became afraid when the waves beat upon the side of the boat. Paul suffered shipwreck. James, who was the bishop in Jerusalem, was killed by Herod just for being a Christian. Peter rejected the Lord three times and he was also rebuked by Jesus. John the Baptist had his head removed by Herod for standing for righteousness. We are in a battle, church. Everywhere the apostles went, they found themselves being persecuted in one form or another. Yet they all had one thing in common. They all suffered for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For you to be a Christian today in 2017, church, you're going to suffer some things. You're going to go through some hardships, but you've got to hold your course. You've got to look for that crown and that blessed appearing of our Lord God and Savior. That's our hope. We might not be on a literal battlefield where there are bullets being shot at us, but we are in a spiritual battle for our soul. And if we die in this battle without doing all that the Lord has asked us to do according to His Word, not my Word, but His Word, we will be eternally lost forever. We read about the medals that soldiers receive because of braveness that they showed on the battlefield. The Victoria Cross of Australia was instituted in 1856 as a declaration of to recognise gallantry in action by all ranks of the services. It was awarded to Australians under the imperial system of awards, with only 96 Australians receiving this award. It was awarded for the most conspicuous Gallantry or the daring or preeminent act of valor or self-sacrifice or extreme devotion to duty in the face of the enemy. We also find other medals mentioned for bravery for those that showed extreme courage. These bravery medals were given to men that had the courage to stand and to fight the enemy. The group, the word is group. Bravery, citation, is a bravery declaration. It is awarded for a collective act of bravery by a group. Not a single person, but a group of people in extraordinary circumstances. The group Bravery Medal recognizes acts of bravery by members of the community who selflessly put themselves in jeopardy to protect the lives or property of others. Does this sound familiar, church? We are in this battle together. 
No man can fight this war by themselves. But we need each other. We are the body of Christ. And we need to pray. And we need to uplift one another in prayer. I need you. The pastor needs you. Brother Cornelius, I need you. Brother Steve, I need your prayers. The Star of Courage is a bravely decoration. It was only awarded to acts of conspicuous courage in circumstances of great pearl. It is ranked second in the Australian Civil Bravely Declarations. And last of all, we read about the cross of valor. This was given for the acts of the most conspicuous courage in circumstances of extreme pearl. It is the highest bravery award given to any Australian. And I thank God for our soldiers. We need them in our lives because we may not have this freedom to worship our God freely like we have today. If you were to forget anything else that I have said in this whole message, this one thing that I want you to take home with you tonight, it's not over until it's over. You gotta hold your course, church, and don't let anything distract you. You keep your eyes on Jesus. He's coming back for you soon. I tell you right now, He's gonna come when you least expect Him. Have your house in order. So in conclusion, there is a crown of righteousness awaiting those that have fought the good fight of faith. Those that have endured hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Those that have not entangled themselves with the affairs of this life. Those that have not denied the faith. Those that have kept themselves unspotted from this world that they may please Him who has chosen them to be a soldier. It's not over until it's over. I encourage you to fight the good fight of faith today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today. The Lord can come back today. Lay hold on eternal life for yourself. Be a soldier in the army of God and stand and fight the enemy united. Because your soul is at stake. And the devil wants every one of us to quit. It's not over, saints, until it's over. Let's stand. Praise God, praise God. Praise God. We read in the book of Second Chronicles 20 that Jehoshaphat, the king of Israel, had received an early warning from some of his servants that a great multitude which consisted of the children of Ammon, Moab, and those of Mount Seir were headed his way. They didn't, weren't coming in peace. When Jehoshaphat heard this, he feared and he proclaimed a fast throughout the land of Judah. And he prayed to God. Lord, we are outnumbered. We have no might. We have no power over this great army 
that is coming to make war with us. But in the midst of this, He says, But our eyes, Lord, are on You. Are your eyes on the Lord tonight? Praise God. Oh, Jesus. It's not over, church, until it's over. You may be going through a battle. And I know the Lord is speaking specifically to someone tonight. But you've got to hold your course. There is too much at stake. Let's lift our hands. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.